Okay, good morning, everybody. I had to turn it on, sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean to have that crazy pause. Okay, remember our boxes? Which box is this? Desire box. Desires. A lot of hearts, desires. Things we desire in our marriages. Oh, what is this box? Dun, dun, dun. Expectations. I expect you to deliver on your promises. Remember that day on the altar? Remember that day? Let me remind you. Let's look at the pictures. Let's watch the video. Let's watch what you said. I expect that to be done. Expectation box. Good. You're following me. So we're in the final installment. If you're single, you're wondering like, oh man, I should have skipped church today. I should have gone to Orange County. I should have gone to the Valley. Let me assure you that I know you're thinking about your marriage one day. This will benefit you. And also, you can use this lens in also friendships. You know, the same principle applies. You have desire in friendships, and you have expectation. The same dynamic applies, so hopefully you'll grab something uh, from that. I know everyone's in, in this section, the singles are excited about. Well, who is going to be my future husband? We'll find that out. Is this thing on? Am, am I on here? Okay, you can hear me? Okay, so we're talking about I. I need this, thank you. Uh, we're talking about marriages and I marriages and two becoming one. And, and uh, you know, you're, you're thinking about, like I said, we are always thinking about our marriages and these two components come into play when we think about our dynamic. I imagine marriage will be like, uh, I always dreamed of marrying a man who would, you can fill in the blank. I can't wait to be married because then I am sure he or she will be so spiritual and awesome. Reminds me of a couple I know. I don't know, but you know, this is going to be a joke, so just bear with me. A couple sitting in their living room, sipping wine. Very good thing to do with your wife and your husband. Out of the blue, the wife says, I love you. Is that, the, is that you or, or the wine talking, says the husband. She's like, it's me, says the wife. I was talking to the wine. <laughs> Maybe that's where your marriage is at. I don't know. And we come to the altar with these desires. All these desires that we had. And these desires, they're not like out of the blue. They're like God-given desires. And, and so... You know, to be loved, to be desired, to be cherished, to be wanted, respected, followed, admired, listened to. Those are God-given desires. And we walk away from the altar with expectations, though. <clears throat> we want to go back to that video. And these expectations, what they do is they weigh heavily on your partner, on your spouse. It, it weighs a lot because they're hearing it a lot. And sometimes you just don't know what to do. And, and this other box... Well, Gio, if I can't have desires, he's not, I have expectations. What am I to do with all these desires that go unmet? What do I do? And that's the question we want to answer today. Is what do you do when your desires are unmet? And last week we concluded that the only way to get my expectations back in the desire box is to conclude that Karen doesn't owe me anything. My spouse doesn't owe me. I owe God so much that I'm going to express that gratitude through my family. Because I, I owe God so much. I'm going to express it through my family. Karen doesn't owe me anything. So when you have this 
contract relationship where someone owes you something, it becomes a contract. Scorekeeping. You owe me something. You're in debt to me. And so what happens is all these desires get put in the expectation box. And they're all there. And there's a lot of them. And then it causes friction and disappointment and anger and fighting because you're expecting something because they owe you. We don't want that kind of relationship. So, I do want to make a, a, just a, a disclaimer in case you're wondering, at least I wondered about this, my last one when I think about these lessons. If you're in an abusive relationship, this is not the context I'm talking about. If you're in abusive where it's physical abuse and you're being abused, you know, you need to look to getting out of that relationship. This is not a context for, oh, he's abusing me and I have his desires. I'm not abusing. No, no, no. That's a different, that's another world. Just want to give you that disclaimer. I'm not trying to promote that. Even though you feel like you're, you're getting abused, that you need to be, no. I'm not talking about that. I don't want you to expect that. So I want to go back to this question and, that keeps surfacing. And, it, and the answer may seem unrealistic to you if you're not acquainted with talking and communicating to God. So it, this, this is the Christian teaching. So if you're visiting with us and this is unfamiliar, this may sound unrealistic to you, but I assure you that this works. I assure you that God listens to this. So what do I do and what are my other options? What are my options when these desires go on? What can I do? Well, there's, there's four options. One is you can ignore them. You can ignore your desires. You can just completely ignore them. He, I want to give you some options that you can do. And one is to ignore them. I don't need anything. I'm just going to give and give and give. Ignoring your desires is the same as pretending they're not there. But you know they're there. Pretending is not healthy. You can pretend not to be hungry and die. Right? God hasn't called you to ignore these desires He created you with. That, it's not, that's not being spiritual. I'm just going to sacrifice and deny myself. That's not really spiritual. That's actually emotional suicide. That's crazy. To live like, I'm just going to be, I'm going to ignore my... No. That's not how God designed marriage. But people do that until their kids grow up and get older and then they leave. It doesn't make you a better spouse. It doesn't make you have a great marriage. Because there's, there's a, we, we, we come into relationships with the expectation. A man asks his wife, where do you want to go for our anniversary? She said, somewhere I'd never been. Then the husband said, how about the kitchen? <laughs> because he has expectations. Imagine having that interaction. I'm expecting dinner to be done. I'm expecting after coming from a hard day at work that you being here, here most of the afternoon would think about dinner. Friction, expectation. So one choice is to ignore them. Two, you can stay busy. Bury yourself in work. Bury yourself in a hobby. Bury yourself with the kids, traveling, if you don't care, I'll create my own world. I'll be on Facebook for hours. 
And this may be the safest way, but it doesn't lead to a better relationship. It does help kill the pain of disappointment in your marriage, but it disengages from the relationship. It communicates, I don't need you. I'm fine without you. That's another option. I'm just trying to give you realistic options that are real. Okay? You can ignore them and you can stay busy. The third option is you can find someone else to satisfy your desires. People do that too. A problem with that is you end up in the same place. People change relationships, but they soon discover that all their desires initially were hopeful end up back in the expectation box. Because you're not really dealing with the real issue. If you've never been married and are dating someone who has been, I encourage you to go slowly. Go slowly. And in the dating process, you start to feel pressure to live up, measure up, carry the load. You start feeling the expectations. I have one word for you. Run. Because it's not going to get better. And you're in the dating phase. It only gets worse. So what do you do with everything in this box, this desire box? Oh, that's a lot of desire right there. Oh, here's one. House should be clean. There's one. There's one. What do I do? I have a lot of desires, Gio. Thank you. I have a lot of desires. What should I do? Let's look in the Bible. They're unmet. See announcements? In the same way, this is Peter writing to the, the churches across the province of Asia. They're scattered. And he, and, he, and he gives us some great principles that we can apply to our marriage. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to the, your elders. All of you clothe yourself with humility toward one another. Because God opposes the proud and shows favor to the humble. So let me give you a general truth about this passage. God resists the proud, just like we do. You know when you're around a proud person, you resist them. We don't like that. We don't like prideful people, so we resist. God does the same thing. And those who believe they deserve something because of their position. I'm the man. I'm in charge. And those who see themselves as having rights because of their status. This is the general principle it applies to. In marriage, you are my wife. I am your wife. You're my son. Essentially, as you go along, and as long as you approach life in that angle, you're on your own. Because there's going to be resistance. You're going to just go ahead and squeeze the needs out of people around you. That's what it does. When you, when you live with someone that's full of pride, there's a lot of expectations. And God says, I oppose it just like a spouse opposes it. And says here also, the general truth is God gives grace or shows favor 
to the humble. That's an extraordinary promise. God says, I resist the proud, but I show favor. I give grace to the humble. He gives you what you need in the moment for the moment. The strength to endure. It's a general truth there. God doesn't doesn't just demand. He gives us the ability to do what we need to do. And the context is relational. I need you to take out the trash. All right, you're in the middle of FIFA 16 game. It's the Champions Cup. All I got to do is gotta do, just press X. That's all I got to do. But I don't want to. Because I don't like the way you said it. So I'm not going to press X. I'm almost done. I could press X like that. And say, oh man, that's all. I'm going to help out. There's pride surges because I felt that comment was prideful. So I'm resisting that pride. No bueno. Humble yourselves. Same context, same passage. Just next verse over. Therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up. Now here's a general command. The, the, the earlier one was, was just a general truth. This is now is a command. God's telling us something. He says this, humble yourself under God's mighty hand. This is Old Testament language. In other words, saying, declare your dependency on God. That's humble yourself under God's mighty hand. Declare that you are dependent on God. That's what he's communicating. When I load you up with my expectations, I am putting all my dependency on my spouse. When I come into my relationship, I'm loading up my spouse with these expectations. And therein lies the problem. Is that an amen? (laughs) Peter is saying, say, God, I need you. I'm declaring dependence on you. Because I don't know what to do with this. I'm putting it on my wife or my husband. Declare your dependency on God. And this makes perfect sense. Who designed you with those desires? God. Who understands them best? God. Who knows best how to meet them? God. Who should we take them to? God. But where do we normally take them to? With that thing next to me in my bed. Oh. <laughs> that guy right there. You, we all thought that. You've been married. You think that going, mm, man. I hope tomorrow's a better day. We're going to sleep on it. Thinking that our bump's going to get resolved through eight hours of sleep. In the morning, it gets worse. And we have these these internal attitudes that we live with because we're expecting our spouse to deliver on their desires and they are failing. You've been married, you understand exactly what I'm saying. So what do we do? So we have the command, be humble. We have the general truth that God lifts us up and humble yourselves. 
And here is the answer to the question. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. What do you do with unmet desires? You cast those anxieties and cares and fears and needs on to God. Amen. Literally, literally it means unload on me. Tell me. Talk to me. Be specific. Don't need to be polite. You can vent. You can dump on me. God says, give it to me. I made you with those things. Give it to me. And you can tell God anything. Make sure your spouse is not in earshot, but you can tell God anything. Make sure they can't hear. He made you for this reason. And if you're new to praying to God, this might be a big, too big of a jump. Or maybe you've been in the habit of casting your anxiety on your, on your friendly other married friend. But what you notice there, you still have the same problem. that You haven't been able to satisfy this box because you're still over here because you're telling the wrong person. And we all get in the habit of that. It feels good to talk to someone over a cup of coffee. Man, how's your marriage? Well, let me tell you, oh, stop. Let me tell you about mine first. Right? We, we all, we, we, we go there. And we think like, oh man, I got it off my chest to this person. But what happens is we, re- we really didn't deal with our heart. We haven't really cast it all on him. And the reason why we do that, he cares for you. Because you matter to him. You're his concern. Your dreams, your desires matter to him even if they don't matter to your spouse or partner right now. It matters to him. And in response, God will give you the grace you need to carry on. Now, Eventually, we cast our anxieties somewhere else, don't we? What happens when we cast them on our spouse? They work hard to meet those expectations, and then they collapse. Or they have a meltdown. Or they leave for 24 hours. You know where they're at. They give up. They go somewhere where they can feel like winners. They go somewhere where they're going to get rewarded. They go where there's a chance of winning. If you cast on me what belongs to Christ, there's going to be a problem. And what does that look like? What is this thing that belongs to God? What does it look like? Maybe maybe it looks like getting on your knees every day and give God your box. God, there's a lot of desires I have that aren't being met. That's where we begin. Otherwise, we just dump them right in there. And we know that's not going to be a winner. Whatever gets rewarded gets repeated. When I say thank you for Karen doing something very simple like pour me a glass of water, thank you, honey. For years, I said nothing. (laughs) I'm just being honest. I said nothing. I mean, in my heart, I was thankful. I mean, my my heart, my 
thankful. I'm not going to say it, but I'm thankful. I mean, I'm grateful. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a beast, you know. Like, oh. I would say nothing. She made dinner. I would eat it and say nothing. I'm thinking, but in my heart, I'm going, I'm grateful. I just would never say it. Simple things. I forget my ministry bag. I forget my sermon notes. She takes, brings them to church. Oh, I needed that. <laughs> but in my heart, I'm, I'm like super grateful, but I just never said anything. I want to tell you, give you an update. I say thank you now for everything. Yay. Thank you. Thank you for dinner. Thank you for dinner. Even if it's the dinner that the kids love and I hate, I'm like, thank you for the dinner. Thank you. It was, it was nutritious. Nutritious. <laughs> I find something to say. It was awesome. It was nutritious. There's a battle in our house for who gets their dinner. Their, their, every one of, our, of us, we have certain dinners we like and certain dinners we hate. So I got to be the example and eat the ones I don't like. But there's an objection to this, to telling God all my cares. There's an objection. Here's the objection. So do we ever talk about this with our husbands, with our wives? Come on, G. I tell God, come on, man. Let's be practical. Okay, let's be practical. Because that is the pushback. Do I ever get to tell her do I ever get to tell him what's in my box? What I desire? Yes, you do. But the, it makes all the difference in the world that before you tell him what's in this box, you've told him what's in the box. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes all the difference. You try to tell him what's in this box without telling him first, well, things can go sideways really fast. So let me give you some practical. Let's have a box talk. Okay? We're going to have this a box. Oh, I found some expectations in here. We're going to have a box talk. And this is, what, this is what I mean by box talks. A box talk. First, in your talk with your spouse, confess and take responsibility for turning your desires into expectations. You know, when someone comes to you that's humble and confesses, you know what that produces in me? Humility and confession. When someone comes to me prideful and arrogant, I try to stir up humility, but usually there's pride back. So if you're humble and confess, that's a start box talk. Be specific about your desire. Whether it's the expectation to make more money, keep the house cleaner, be more organized, be in better shape. Ooh, that's a touchy one. Spend more time with the kids. Confess. And you can be specific, but it's a confession. The second thing in this box talk is you ask, where do you feel pressure to live up to my expectations? That's a good question. Where do you feel pressure to live up to my expectations? What can I do to make our marriage richer? And don't say anything. You you just got to listen. That's just another way of asking what's in your box. But don't ask your spouse what's in your box, guys. Because that's what the guys would do. Hey, honey, it's a great sermon. You did a good job. Okay, let's have dinner. Bigger. Fine. What's in your box? (laughs) What's going to make our relationship richer? That's just another way of asking 
what's in your mind. And then you just listen. First you confess, hey, I'm sorry for... Then these questions, you can talk. And there may be some things in your desire box that need to stay in your desire box between you and the Lord. There are some things in there that you need to keep with the Lord, just you and Him, that are not beneficial and you should not tell your spouse. Right? You, if, you're, if, you're, if your desire is, I wish your hair would grow back, you better leave that with the Lord. You better leave that there and just don't go there. That's between you and God and just let it stay there and just keep hollering at God. I wish you would, you, would, you would have retired her family at age 50. Keep that in your box too. I wish, you know, you would grow a little bit taller. Keep that in your box too. Or I always imagine I'd be married to this kind of person. Keep that in your box too. Do the things you did when you first started dating. That's the result of the box talk. What gets rewarded gets repeated. The problem with expectations is that we don't reward people who meet them. They get no reward when they just meet our expectation. There is none. It's get the glass of water and... That's their job. She's supposed to cart the kids around and... He's supposed to mow the grass. And when your spouse gets it right, reward that. Reward it. One of Karen's desires is that, you know, she likes flowers and cards. It's her desire. And that went over here. <laughs> Trying to get back over here. Karen's pretty awesome. She, she tells me, but I, I was slow, so... Been going around writing little thank you notes. Somewhere she'll see it. Put it there and write a little thank you note. And it, it, the, the feeling you get when they read the little thank you, it's just, it wasn't, I didn't go to Bonds or Target to buy a car. I just took a construction paper, fold, cut it, fold it in half, and just wrote a little note saying thank you. And man, the reaction was like, she came to my office, thank you so much. And I was like, whoa, 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 I'm going to do that a little more often. <laughs> what gets rewarded, you know, Gets repeated, gets rewarded. You have this, you have this. She's responding to that. A little thank you. Just took 35 seconds to write a little thank you. Not verbally, but I, I just took a few, a minute just to write a thank you. Specifically for that, for something she did. When your spouse gets it right, we'll reward them. Sometimes we don't know what a big deal something is until you tell us. Sometimes for a husband to hear, honey, thanks for reading your Bible and praying to God and leading our family spiritually. That's, you, know, you may not realize that's a big deal to us. It's, it's, it's a weight we carry. Just that little, hey, thanks for leading. I love your spirituality. Thank you. Wow, wow that's huge. So we have this box talk. How can we make our marriage richer? We have a discussion. And we can talk about it. Some things stay in our box, okay? Other things we talk about. And the theory behind every one of our spouse's unrealistic expectation is actually a legitimate desire. We, 
We think, ah, oh, you're going too far, it's too far. But it's really a legitimate desire. Just lean into that, tune into it. Because it's legitimate. You may think it's unrealistic, but there's a legitimate feeling there. Odds are you both desire the very same thing. You both want a great marriage. You're just going about it differently. And you're, and you're not casting it here before you talk here. It makes all the difference. Everybody wants to be proud of their spouse. Everyone wants to be happy when their spouse come home, comes home. And the only way to find that common ground is to discover the desire behind the expectation. Is to get the I out of the way. We want to remove this box. And we want to discover what's in here. But both of you, discover what's in here. Because it's rich. But we take this to God, and then we talk here. How can I make our relationship richer? Great marriages are not about two big eyes. It's about us. And when you put your expectations back where they belong, you can be us again. Maybe, like the very first time when you met. When you met, whatever radio station she liked, you liked. <laughs> oh, that's a cool station. Never heard it before. It's, it's got to be good. Remember that? Three years in? No, man. I hate that station. It's my station. Yeah. <laughs> hey, honey, they're pre-programmed. No, no toques. Don't touch. Right? Let's take our marriages back. Let's cast all our anxieties on the one who gave them to us. He cares for us. And then let's have a box talk with our spouses. Thank you. That ends our, our, our series for this I Marriage. Next week, our topic and series will be called Twisted. The twisting, the twisted. The, the, the twisting of scriptures. So stay tuned for that.